2: Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at TheBurtShow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. Before we even, like, officially start shows this week, I want to go back to Friday before we move forward, right? Kristen, you and I don't even need to be here.
3: Why are we... Even-
1: Sweet. <laughs> I can go home right now and go okay. back to bed.
2: I don't even know why we're here.
1: All right. Brilliant. See
2: you later. <laughs> um, I wanted to say this to you guys, um, that you did a phenomenal job on Friday. So Kristen uh, had a day off on Friday where she was hanging with her besties. Yes. And I was at Ole Miss with uh, my son touring campus, and we were trying to to do the show from there. I was trying to, and we were just having so many technical difficulties that I couldn't be part of the show. So Mo and Abby and Cassie uh, took over and hosted the show on Friday. And as I was listening to the show, because I couldn't participate in it, I was listening to it. I just want to tell you guys, I was bursting with pride for you guys on Friday. You sounded so good. And I know a lot of you guys are listening and you're like, it's just, a, it's a morning show. You just get in there, you turn the mics on and you just start talking. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, but there's a little bit more to it than that. And everybody came out of their own roles and just stepped up and you guys did such a great job.
0: Really, really amazing job. Thank you. Appreciate that. I was just trying not to mess it up. That was my goal.
4: That
0: was my goal the entire time. But, um, yeah, I think we really came together and did what we needed to do. I think that's the mindset. Is you, like you said, you just do what you got to do, and I feel like that's what we did. Y'all were just having so
2: much fun. I was, like, genuinely enjoying morning radio for the first time in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a really good morning show. I want to listen to this morning show. Um, there was a time I was flashing back because when the hosts of other shows that I was participating in would leave – Either I had to host the show and step up into the role that Mo started taking on Friday, which was what we call running the point. So you're the person that opens up the segment. You're the one that kind of negotiates around it and then gets out. And especially with Kid Craddock's show in Dallas, I used to get so stressed out about it because I wanted it to be so good. And he was a legend, right? So to come into that studio and have the expectation of trying to fill those shoes for even one morning was so stressful for me. And I remember getting off the air one day. And I think I told you guys this before that I thought the show went really, really great. I thought it was vibing. It felt in my head like you guys sounded on Friday. And the general manager calls me into the office and sits me down and I'm ready for all these pats on the back. And she literally, literally said to me, you know, maybe hosting is not something that you are made for. Like maybe you should just be a support person. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember it absolutely crushing me at the time because I really wanted to fill in well and do well. Um, And I am in here to tell you today that this conversation is way different <laughs> absolutely way different. So um, and Kristen knows this also. there's just a certain amount of like,, we put pressure on ourselves to do this.
1: Well, we put pressure on ourselves, and it it, it takes it takes a lot of work to make it seem this easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, at least you had an opportunity. The show I used to be on. host was out. We were not allowed to host the show.
2: yeah, that's how, um, when I left Kids show, that's how it was also. They went um like 20 years without ever hosting their own show and he tragically passed away and they had never hosted a show before um so their very first show w- without him was when he had passed away um cuz he just he needed that kind of control and i'm guessing your dude was the same way yes he was yeah So when he passed away, the very first time that they did the show was on their own was when he was gone.
1: Notice, Bert wants no control, so he's
2: like,
0: (laughs) 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 "I'm
1: curious." Was like on a scale of one to ten, how how did you guys feel about it?
0: Like as far as how it sounded, how it sounded,
1: how it felt, how difficult it was, all of it.
0: It it was for me. It was. it was a transition at first. I mean, you—it's—it's you, it's a lot of little things, like you said, that go into it that you probably don't know if you're listening, and you should know if you're listening. That's the whole point. And but trying to run point and know the teases and transition in and out of things and watching the clock—it's—it's it's a lot more to it. And and I—I I think it took me a few segments to kind of relax in it to just like okay, well, breathe through it. You're fine. It's you know. But I think. Halfway through the show, I started to feel a little more comfortable, but I wasn't sure how it sounded the entire time. I, I, I had no idea. Well, you also had me in your ears. I was like the head
2: coach talking to the quarterback right before a play, <laughs> telling him like what to do and what not to do for the first half an hour. And you picked it up immediately. Then I could just sit back and listen to everything. And Abby, you'd stepped up and you guys were just so funny. You were having a great time.
5: Oh, thank you for that. And yeah, I'm, <laughs> Mo, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Is like when we were not really sure what was going on, I was a little bit frantic. Like that very first break when like 10 seconds seconds before, Bert's like, I might be talking, I might not be talking, and so then we start the show, and there's just like three seconds of silence, and I look at Mo, and then I look at Jackson, I'm like, somebody's got to talk, so literally, I just go... So Jackson's in here. <laughs> Jackson's <laughs> sitting down. And I'm kind of like, Mo, step in, step in, step in. But it got so much better once the show, uh, once we did a couple more segments on our own.
2: You guys did a phenomenal job. And like I said to you guys in the text, you pushed my retirement date up. And I, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, you guys can do this without me. This might be my last show.
0: <laughs> great. The Burt Show. All
2: right, moving on. The email is they've been together for eight years, and he still hasn't
0: proposed. How much more time should she give him? Moe's got the email. Dear Bird Show, I'm in need of some serious advice. My boyfriend and I have been together for eight years, our last year of high school or through college, and now finishing out our third post-college year. Our relationship has, of course, had its ups and downs, but we have grown strong and rarely fight or have disagreements. We're both 27 years old, have a house. Well, technically it's mine because I bought it, but we do live together, and we both have well-paying jobs that we love. We're financially stable and live a very comfortable life. Everything has been pretty great. Well, almost. Over the last two years, I've casually brought up the idea of getting married. I don't want to be a girlfriend forever, and being a mom one day is super important to me, but something I don't want to do until I'm married. After the first year or so of dropping hints, It had become clear that he still hadn't done anything to get us there. No discussions with my parents, no ring shopping, nothing. So I became more clear. About six months ago, I had a serious discussion with him about how important marriage was for me, that it was a non-negotiable for me, and how I didn't want to get complacent with our relationship. He said that he'd just been too busy to get those things done and assured me that he'd heard me and that things would change. Well, that was six months ago, and you guessed it. Still in the same place as before. Meanwhile, it seems like everyone around me is getting engaged to people they've known for a fraction of time that my boyfriend and I have been together. I know I'm not supposed to compare myself to others, but it's so hard seeing my friends so happy. And I am so, so sad and becoming increasingly worried that I might be wasting my time. Over the past few months, I've built up so much resentment towards my boyfriend over this. Tonight, it all came to a head, and we had a big fight over it. The conversation of marriage clearly made him uncomfortable, and he accused me of nagging him nonstop about it. He stated that it's not fair to him that it has to happen on my timeline. He said that if I don't want to be with him as his girlfriend, I just don't want to be with him at all. When it does settle, it was clear to me that he still didn't have any immediate plans for marriage. In fact, he seems to be even more resistant to the idea than ever before. I feel like he would be content with dating as we are now indefinitely. After this fight, I really don't know if he's going to ever get there. I've told myself for so long to just give it more time, but after eight years, how much longer do I give? Shouldn't he know by now? It feels impossible to lose him because he really is my best friend, but it feels even more impossible to stay and wonder if I will forever will ever happen. I hate feeling like I'm not good enough for him to want to spend the rest of my life with me. I mean, if he wanted to, Don't you think he would have? Do I leave him? Or I guess in my case, kick him out over this or give it more time? Am I pushing too hard? Any advice is much appreciated. And please, don't sugarcoat. Sincerely, I just want to be wanted.
2: Okay. What I heard was, please don't sugarcoat. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: I think when you're reading over an email like that,
2: I'm hoping if you're listening to your own words, it is just so obvious to you. Look. That's a long time in your life. You're 27 years old and you've been with them for eight years. That's a third of your life, right? Um, So, yeah, he's telling you everything that you need to know already.
1: By what he's not doing. By what he's not doing. This is one of your perfect um, examples of when to use the line in the sand day. So like you've expressed how important it is for you to be married and that you want to get engaged. You want to be proposed to. You want to be a mom. You want to start a family. So you've made it very clear where you stand. He now knows. So now you sit and put that to the back of your mind. But have a date sometime early next year. And if he doesn't propose by that date, walk out.
0: I think they have both made it very clear to each other how they feel. Her and in, in her words and him and what he's not doing. And once you know that information, it's really up to you and what you want to do with it. And I think if if it was more important for her to just be with him because he's the guy, then the marriage thing, I think she would be able to get past. But since you can't get past it, and that's more important than just being with him, then I think you draw that line as soon as possible.
5: Yeah, it was going to be hopeful because engagement season doesn't really end until January. You still got to get through uh, the Christmas holidays and all those Christmas proposals. But... Honestly, reading this email, it does not seem like this guy is ever going to get married to you at least and I know that's hard to hear but you said don't sugarcoat it and I just think after eight years I think you know if you want to be with somebody for the rest of your life or if marriage is something that you're ready for and it doesn't sound like this is something that he wants and I know it's painful now I know it will be painful now to end this relationship but I just don't want you to stick this out two more years and now you're pushing 30 and realizing I should have done this two years ago like I know they've been together eight years but some of that
1: was during like you know adolescence because she's 27 they've been together eight So, I mean, they got together when they were teenagers. So I'm actually going to, like, not make make that a wash. But so, yes, it's been eight years. But because you were teenagers in that early years, make your line like, let the dust settle. Just be. See how you feel about the relationship. If it's still super important to you by the beginning of next year and he hasn't done it, buh-bye.
2: I usually endorse that line in the sand date. I think he's past that. I'm with these guys over here. I think you should take. He's not going to change. I mean, especially because he's known her since high school. You know that at this point. So, if you're not going to do anything about it, I wouldn't waste another day. I would get out tomorrow. 100%. The Burt Show.
0: Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz.
5: Matthew Perry could be honored with a posthumous, this is a hard word, posthumous star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce is in charge of all of those big stars that are around Hollywood and they confirmed to entertainment tonight that he had actually been eligible award for the ba- for back in 2013 but they never scheduled a ceremony and back in 2018 and it ended up expiring but they said look if he wants one if his family wants one they will absolutely make it happen which would be a really cool thing right to make it to be able to honor him after his death we've talked about the the hollywood stars on the walk of fame don't does somebody have to nominate and then pay for it
1: and
0: yes. it was yeah, yeah you have to pay for it yourself. Yeah, it's expensive. Yeah, Is
2: it expensive?
0: Yeah. I think okay. it, I want to say it's 35,000.
5: I think it's 75. I think Maybe it's 75. It
0: went up since I moved. Inflation. but
5: right now it's just up to his family apparently they've asked just to get their approval and we don't know what's going to happen obviously until they give that final stamp and allow it to happen but something else that's going on in the Matthew Perry story is that his funeral was on Friday Jennifer Aniston, Courtney Cox, Lisa Kudrow Matt LeBlanc and David Schwimmer were of course all there it took place at Forest Lawn Memorial Park in LA wasn't too far from where they filmed Friends on the warner bros studio lot and yeah his entire fa- family and friends were there to did,
2: support did i read this morning that uh the charity that he started like launches today also
5: yeah so it launched on friday the same day as his funeral it's called the matthew perry foundation and it's to help people struggling with the disease of addiction mm-hmm. yeah because i saw because he still gets
1: um from the friends residuals and sent like send. i think he gets like 20 million dollars a year? What? Oh my God. Just for him? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, they all get like it's it's insane how much money they get every single year and he wasn't married, didn't have any kids. Wow. And so it's going to go to his mom and dad and that's going to go to fund the um, addiction center. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I read that correctly. You did. Yeah.
0: Okay. I used to talk about it on a tour. All the members of Friends yeah. made so much money off syndication. You okay. make way more money off syndication than you do when you're actually on it's the It's not trip. like radio. Yeah, it's a very different
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> Okay, Joe Jonas, I think he's on some big PR campaign to make himself look better with this whole divorce thing going on with his wife. Because of course, Sophie Turner's been bopping around with make mega superstar Taylor Swift and of course all the girlies are going to want to be on her side. But I think his PR team is working overtime because I've seen him be very active on TikTok, uh-huh. telling some very funny, very relatable stories. So I saw something last week where he had gotten recognized in a CVS, but he didn't get the compliment that he thought he was going to get.
6: Uh, so I just
7: walked into a CVS and um, the security guy goes, oh, Joe Jonas. And I said, hey, man, what's going on? And he like goes shook his hand and he goes, man,
2: you look crazy in person. I, um, I don't
0: know. Is that a compliment? Um, you you no, look I, crazy in person? You look
5: crazy in person. <laughs> Definitely
0: not a compliment. No.
5: Uh uh-uh. I mean, is mm. just out here trying to get his toiletries and he, he's out here getting insulted. Unless the person was so like
1: overcome with excitement, mm-hmm. they, they meant to say it's crazy to see you in person. But instead they said you look crazy in person <laughs> and accidentally insulted
2: him. I wonder if we could get the phones going later on in the show and ask people like when you met a celebrity, I mean, how did you make a fool out of yourself? How'd you
5: goof it
1: up? Yeah,
2: how'd
0: you goof it up? You had one shot.
5: You just forget how to use words. Yeah. Yep.
0: Reminds well, me of when I saw Michael Irvin and told him he was Michael Irvin. <laughs> <laughs> for the, uh, You're uh, Michael Irvin. Yeah, dumbest thing i ever
5: said. like, yes, I am. But that's not all. His relatability campaign still goes strong on TikTok because yesterday I saw that he was at the same restaurant as comedian Nathan Fielder. And I guess Joe Jonas is like this big fan of him. So when he saw him at this restaurant, he decided, you know what, I'm going to say hello in a nice way and send him over a drink. And turns out Nathan Fielder also sent him over over something else, not quite as special as a drink, but maybe
6: up
3: there. So last night, I noticed Nathan Fielder was at uh, the same restaurant I was having dinner at. And I wanted to send him a drink. So I asked the waiter if we could send something over. And um, he sent back as a thank you mayonnaise.
5: And, and then he took a picture of the mayonnaise and attached it to the TikTok. And what? it was just like his thank you mayonnaise from Nathan Fielder.
4: <laughs> the hell. Right. <laughs>
5: To me, I almost feel like that's um, like the celeb equivalent of saying you look crazy in person. Just Uh forgetting how to act like a normal human Mm. and just try and impress (laughs) Joe Jonas with um, the restaurant's mayonnaise, which might have been good.
2: That's not gonna work. (laughs) No,
5: no, I don't think so either. But like, if I came across Joe Jonas in person, like I don't know. Like, part of me thinks that I would want to say words for all the (laughs) all all the women that he spurned in the last couple of years, from Taylor Swift to Sophie Turner. But I think I would just probably be like, "You're Joe Jonas. (laughs) (laughs) We shall see." Okay, Barbara Streisand. She might be the one person we actually want to hear about her memoir. Um, No shade to Jada Pinkett Smith. It's on your next E-Buzz on The Burt Show.
2: The Burt Show. Had about a dozen listeners that wanted to fight me this weekend. You guys are passionate about your schools. I said uh, over the weekend because I took my kid to Ole Miss on his very first college tour. First campus, right? He wanted to go check out Ole Miss, which we did. And wow, what an incredible weekend we had. I don't see this kid picking any other school.
1: I've never been there.
2: Um. It's really, it's a beautiful campus. Uh Uh, And I'll tell you the things that he loves about it. Uh, The girls. (laughs) their girls are hot. Shocker. This is Mississippi's next level. I mean, the great grandmothers are hot. The grandmothers are hot. The parents are hot and the students are stunning. So I don't know what's going on at that school. (laughs) All the generations. But he had his head on a swivel. And if you're a 16-year-old boy or a 17-year-old boy and you're checking out that campus, you won't go anywhere else. (laughs) But it was the right size for him because he goes to a school right now, a high school that's really small. There's only 35 in his graduating class.
1: That's very small.
2: Super small. So going to a major university where it takes you like 90 minutes to walk across campus, that's not really his thing. And Ole Miss was like the Perfect size for him. He just felt like he fit in. Um, Every student and every parent there, once they found out he was thinking about going to Ole Miss, became like super passionate recruiting director. (laughs) 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 I mean, they absolutely love their campus there. But what people wanted to fight with me about was we went to game day. And game day at Ole Miss means going to the Grove. And the Grove at Ole Miss is, I don't even know how many square miles it is, but it is just tent after tent after tent after tent after tent and in most most college campuses when you tailgate it's all around the stadium and it's spread out over here and it's spread out over there so if you're trying to link up with somebody it takes a while to find them well Ole Miss in the Grove I said, is the greatest tailgating experience that I have ever gone to in my life. And I'm a UGA fan. And I've gone to Auburn. And I've gone to Tennessee. uh, And I said, I love all those schools. UGA will always be in my heart. But this tailgating experience (laughs) was unlike anything I have seen before.
0: Oh, you should have seen my DMs. You need to go to Alabama. You need to go to North Carolina. You need to go to LSU. Blah, 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 blah.
2: Uh, And then I said that he was thinking about going to Ole Miss, and so many of you guys hit me up going, well, have you thought about Iowa? Have you thought about Iowa State? Have you thought about Cal these are people that don't even know what he's majoring in. <laughs>
4: but
2: people are very, very, very passionate about their schools. And UK, I think, is going to be, your school is going to be next on our list. You got to
1: let me know so we can go together. Okay. Because it would be, like, it would be so cool to show him around old stomping grounds. And I totally get it. Like, you just have, like, as a... As a graduate in your alma mater, there is a sense of pride there. And, of course, you want people you know and love to attend the school you went to because you had such a phenomenal time. Um, and you may, may learned a thing or two. <laughs>
2: Everybody that knows that uh, he's got UK on his list says you have to go in the spring to go to Keeneland. Oh,
1: duh. Yeah, (laughs) I would never take you unless we're only going in April or October. That's it, because that's the only time the racetrack's open.
2: (laughs) There is something about, you know, and if you're listening outside of the SEC country here, I will tell you this, Um, Ohio has really, really nice people. Indiana has really nice people. But going to like Auburn or Georgia or Ole Miss... it's a crazy hospitality that is almost alarming. Like, what do you want?
4: Yeah, what do
2: you for? They're just so incredibly
3: nice. All right, Messy Mikey, what's going on this morning, man? Well, I'm here to share a couple of (laughs) romantic encounters gone wrong. I, uh, I'm, I've... I've gotten a bag, and I've fumbled that bag many a time with many a lady. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what it is. I've gotten into the friend zone too many times. I I'm I had a lot of fear back in the day. To start off, I'm going to bring you back eighth grade dance <laughs> to the eighth grade dance. There was this lady I liked her. We were good friends, always laughing. I made the stupid sign, like whatever Oreo and me to the dance, whatever. Um. So, I, I present her with this sign. Somehow, she's able to convince me to ask another girl instead of her without, wow. out, without outright turning me down. She was able to actually convince me to ask someone else. You got traded. I got traded. <laughs> well done, I hope I- Fast forward to senior year of high school. I had some tragedy. My best friend died. It was a pity invite to prom, I guess. So, pity invite or not, I was taking it. So, me and her are going to prom come a week away from prom she says she's going with another guy to another school <laughs> no. wow. on the same night wow. wow. yeah you drove and, to another school yeah, she she had to get out of town because of me <laughs> i'm leaving the state yeah <laughs> um and it, mo- mostly these are just things that keep me up at night like these are things that are just Flashbacks. racking my brain yeah. yeah so fast forward to college years i've uh, i I was friends with, with all seniors my sophomore year so they always had this big group of girls coming in and out of their apartment there was one lady, beautiful lady. Um, I'm into an older gal, and uh, and so she uh, she for some reason likes me, and it gives me crazy imposter syndrome. I don't know what she sees. I start turning myself into a cartoon character, um, but she is giving me every sign in the book. She is uh, falling asleep on my shoulder. She's touching my hand. <laughs> Everything. I outright ignored every sign that was given to me because I also have this fear about like coming off as a creep or something, you know, Mm -hmm. you don't because I've seen my friends just be creepy in bars. I'm like, (laughs) that's never going to be me. I can't do that. But I truly ignored every sign until this girl graduated. And it, it, it really keeps me up at night. Like, I, I sit up sometimes, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? I'm
5: sure your girlfriend
1: loves that. She yeah.
3: loves that. Um, <laughs> Did you
1: say you never made a move?
2: Never. Mo and I have talked about this before, that the fi- the, the fear of rejection is so strong that you don't even see the signs unless exactly. you're
3: 100% sure. Exactly. But, it, like, all of my friends and all of her friends were talking to me about it. I I think I was just full of fear and vinegar. <laughs> um, um,
4: where, where did the vinegar what, come vinegar?
2: from? Vinegar?
3: Um, it's piss and vinegar, isn't it? Yes. That's what like. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. The the worst one though. So I'm in my apartment. This was like last year or something. I hate to admit, but I'm in my apartment where pre-gaming. we're gonna go downtown. All of a sudden, a group of like four girls show up. I don't know who they are. They're friends with somebody. Me and this one beautiful lady strike up a conversation. It's going good. I'm not even being a cartoon character. We're just having a conversation. It's so good. We go out to the bar. We're having fun. She tells me to grab us some drinks while she goes to the bathroom. I got the drinks, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, I said, uh, "Well, I've I've been ditched. Apparently, no, Oh no, she didn't so, escape. <laughs> she, she tried to escape. So, she tried. So, she's in my she's in my trunk right now. No, no. <laughs> she tried to get away. And uh, that's the thing about me. I'm just so quick to give up in these things. Like I'm not gonna fight for you. I'm not. I'm just gonna give up. Well, you should. Um, um, yeah. So I sit down at a table with my sad two little drinks. All of a sudden, I look up. Look who's standing over me. It's her. huh. She's back. Oh. Didn't escape yet. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, we're hanging out, having fun, laughing again. And then she sees a guy that she knows. She goes and starts talking to him. Once again, I declare defeat. I say, all right, well, (laughs) I quit. And uh, so I walk out the door. I leave. I'm going to go home, watch Trailer Park Boys, and eat ramen noodles. (laughs) Um, Now, that's a night. Yeah, that's fun times. But. Get this. I'm walking down the street. I get a text on my telephone. It says, Don't leave without me. Okay. Now, what could be better than that? Don't leave without me. She brings me back to her apartment. Okay. It's right. She immediately gets in bed. What do I do? <laughs> oh, it, it, this is really actually hard for me to say, but I have a sack of beers. <laughs> And I sit down, like, you know, the stupid little ottoman that girls have at the front of their bed?
4: (laughs) I sat on her little ottoman and
3: cracked a beer. And immediately after I did it, I knew I made a big mistake. And so I I just finished it quick. But uh, somehow I just talked to her until, like, 7 in the morning. I I had, like, a slumber party. I I woke up in the morning, like... Are you the dumbest person on nah, the planet? It's sweet that you don't know how to close.
0: Man. Uh, <laughs> it was brutal. <laughs> He's no Mariano Rivera. <laughs> That's for sure. How
2: many friends do you have that like can get there but just can't close?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It's sweet, Mike. So she,
3: she drives me home. I ask her to go to Waffle House. She's like, I don't like Waffle House. Next day or a couple of days later, I ask her out on a date. She's like, "I'm busy." I'm like, "I, I know." You-
1: <laughs> How did you get a girlfriend?
3: I,
2: well, I'll tell one, you. One question for you: <laughs> that
3: that last experience, like, truly shook me up. I knew I'm gonna get on that saddle, and I'm not coming down for nothing. I manned up. I developed skills. I get it now. And now I, you're the man. Now I'm the man. Right Look now. at yes. me. Big dog. Yes, sir. <laughs> Big dog. Big
0: Mikey. For this graduation day. <laughs> if
1: you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or an anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match? So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So, of course we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine. And I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit ATLUTD.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's ATLUTD.com.
2: Are you looking for excitement in Atlanta? Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years. It's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. The Bird Show. All right, let's get some closure here from over the weekend because I don't even know how you would handle this most. So you get down on a knee, right? You propose, and she's like, you know what? That's cute. Let me get back to you on that. I <laughs> mean, um, at that point, I think I don't know if I could recover from that.
0: I don't know if I could either. And that's why he needed some opinions from us, because they were together for a few years. And he believed the relationship to be pretty solid, solid enough that he was certain that he should get on a knee and propose, which is what he did. And her response was not a yes. It was more like a she needed time to process the information and think about it. And so two weeks have gone by since then. She has not brought it up. She has not mentioned it. She is treating it as if it has never happened. So now he's confused on if he should bring it up or even consider the possibility of walking away because he doesn't want to be pushy. But at the same time, he's feeling a little rejected and disrespected.
2: So Kristen and I weren't here on Friday. So let's debate this. if Just in case, you. I'm sure you guys did. But I'm wondering, like, when do you when are you supposed to bring it back up? Or if she doesn't bring it up, you just got to assume
0: it's a no, right?
1: No, you do not assume it's a no. You bring it back up.
0: I would assume it's a no. I don't think my ego would have let me bring it back up. Once you tell me you got to think about it and if you never bring it up again, yes. then I'm never bringing it up again That's either. so
1: rude. It,
2: well, it's rude not to, it's rude to bring it up or no, rude it's not rude. to answer? It's
1: rude to say I need a moment to think about it and then to never bring it back up. Yeah. Right. It, no, like she's, if she doesn't bring it back up, that is rude. You were asked a very important question. You needed time to think. At some point, you need to revisit said question <laughs> within a reasonable amount of time. And I'm talking like 24, 48 hours. Yes. And be like, either A, I'm still thinking, I need some more time, or give a legitimate
2: answer. How long was it that she had an answer? Two weeks. Two weeks. No, no, that's okay. so rude. <laughs> yep.
4: But my thought was that if she answered, because my thinking is she's not ready to get an- uh, married, so the answer is no, but she knows if she says that mm-hmm. the relationship is kind of ruined, mm-hmm. and Mm -hmm. he might leave. So by just not answering, you can pretend everything's fine and you can continue on as you were without hurting feelings. No, you can't.
2: It's worse, actually. I'm trying to think how this conversation goes. You're like... Hey, you know that thing I brought up a couple of weeks ago about us spending the rest of our life together? <laughs> yeah, had a chance of, like running up the flagpole. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Awkward. That's why I wouldn't bring it back up because I agree with what Cass is saying. If you are not bringing it back up, to me, that's a no. That is your way of saying, uh-huh. I don't want to tell you no, so take this hint as no and then do what you will with mm-hmm. that information.
2: I might even take back my proposal if it was two weeks. Absolutely. I might actually say to her, you know what? sending the offer? It, yeah, I'm rescinding the offer that it's been two weeks. You're obviously not comfortable with it, so let's just pretend it never even happened.
0: Go on Amazon and buy that little men in black thing. <laughs> it's never happened. It takes these
5: backsies. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. All
2: right,
0: so Abby's got the update in email.
5: Thank you all so much for discussing my situation. It helped me realize that if she needed time to think, it's a no or at least a not right now. A few days of thinking would likely not change that. This made me realize that even if she did eventually say yes, the fact that she had to talk herself into it would definitely create some insecurity down the road. That too. It made me think about whether I was truly ready for marriage myself. Cassie's comment in particular struck a chord. She said something like, if you're even considering walking away, you might not be ready for marriage either. It hit me hard because it made so much sense. I realized that maybe I wasn't as prepared for this step as I initially thought. With all these thoughts swirling in my head, I decided to tell her that I had thought more about it and that I wasn't ready either. I admitted to regretting the way I rushed into proposing, and I asked her to disregard my proposal entirely.
2: There you go. She pulled it.
5: At first, she, she s- at first she seemed relieved, but things have been pretty awkward between us since then. I'm starting to wonder if things will ever go back to how they were. Is all this awkwardness temporary? No, it's done. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: a Don't even waste another day. It's over. Here is Kim. Kim, good morning. You're on the Burt Show. Hi.
1: Hi, good morning. Good morning. I was listening to this story since I think you started
6: on Friday, and I thought about it over the weekend, and something just kept coming into my head that I've always been told. No answer is an answer. Mm
0: -hmm. I agree. Yeah. That's over. Yeah. Um, um, This is playing out probably just the way it's supposed to.
1: Unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't think he really, truly wants to back out of the proposal. I think he's telling himself that because deep down inside your pride is making you feel like, well, maybe I wasn't ready either, but she really wanted that, and she ruined it, and it's okay.
2: She would have to have a really good reason to come back two weeks later and say yes, like why it took her so long, because I don't know many dudes that could recover from that.
5: Yeah, when it comes to the rest of your life, if it's not a hell yes, it is a hell no, mm-hmm. and I just don't think she had the confidence or Or really, like, the balls to say hell no. Because I went back and I looked at the email. I'm like, how long were they together? Because he said that he felt like he rushed into it. They've been together a few years. I kind of feel like that's not rushing into it. So, I think this is done. Would you even be able to bring up, like, to propose again?
2: Oh, no. No, no. No. Uh. (laughs) You got one shot at this. (laughs) No, absolutely. They're done. Mm. (laughs) The Burt Show. I had this right, like today is like a super dangerous day because of the time change. Super dangerous? Yeah, like people get into more accidents and stuff like that today than any other day.
4: Yeah, it's something like that. I think there are more cardiac arrests as well. Yeah. That hour really
1: screws people
2: yeah, up.
1: Why do we still do it?
2: I don't understand it. I really don't get it. I'm sure. I,
1: I understand the reasoning behind it, in the like before, with farmers and changing of seasons and stuff like that, and for harvesting, blah, 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 whatever. And I get it. But now, and I know we still have farmers. My husband's family has a working farm, so don't come at me, farmers, in my DMs. But... I feel like we're at a point now where we don't we don't need to do this, right? You want to hear something weird? So
4: Daylight Savings was actually not proposed by a farmer. It was proposed by a guy in New Zealand, an entomologist who liked bugs, and he wanted an extra hour of sunlight to catch bugs. You're lying. Come nope, on. look it up. Is that true? That was like, he, it was more or less formalized by him. And obviously it had benefits to farmers, Like so I think that's why it actually caught on. But yeah, some dude in New Zealand who liked catching bugs is the reason we have... Because I was ready
2: to, like, blame all this on Fauci. (laughs) <laughs>
1: so I had my girls weekend this past weekend and I completely forgot about the time change and mm-hmm. your phone does it automatically and I was oblivious to it all I never <laughs> felt the effects of it yep. I didn't mm-hmm. know if I gained an hour if I lost an hour I had absolutely no freaking clue I
0: still don't know to this moment y'all just reminded me yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you're over here telling us people are having more heart attacks and getting an accident
2: yeah today's the day huh. alright so Moe's got himself a talent a real talent for rapping. that we have been turning around and helping you guys with you want
0: to you want to describe it yes sir so i've been writing music for the majority of my life and so we came up with the idea to help out some listeners if you guys have had some uh, specific situations that you want me to write about if i can inspire you or help you in any way i uh, find a beat and i write a song that will commemorate whatever it is that you want me to detail so diana riera hit us up on email and she's like oh please help
2: up my nine-year-old hey diana hi how are you good how are you today Great, very excited. All right, so tell us about the nine-year-old and exactly what you wanted Mo to do for you.
6: So uh, he listens with me in the radio and the podcast, and every time he hears one of Mo's raps, he lights up, and he always asks me to play it again, and, you know, we'll just kind of play it on the radio, and so when the request was made it was about when he was going to be um, participating in a competition for Taekwondo called Spar Wars, and this was um, a few months back, and he actually got first place on that one, but then he just had his other competition for the national championship two days ago, and he got first place, and so he's always very excited um, and nervous for these competitions because obviously it's, you know, something that he, he, he works for hard. And so he was asking me, he's like, can you send in for a rap request for Mo? And then I said, well, what do you want him to ask, you know, talk about? And then since the Taekwondo competition is coming up, that's what we decided on.
2: Oh, that's great. Now, first of all, let's not run over this. The name Spar Wars is awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's the only thing I heard.
6: Are you doing your
1: rap to the Star Wars name? Because that would be pretty epic. I didn't
2: think about that. Uh, congratulations. That's fantastic. You must be so proud.
6: Thank you. Yeah, we are. We definitely are.
2: So is a little dude in the car with you right now?
6: No, no, he's actually still sleeping.
0: Okay, so... so
6: this is going to be great. When, I'm, when I'll when just play it for him, I won't even tell him about it.
0: Beautiful. You want to uh, take it from here? Yeah, so, well, I, uh, I appreciated your message. I know I got to it a little late. I apologize about that. But I figured why it would be cool for him to have this whenever he has competitions in the future and he finds himself getting a little nervous or maybe doubting himself, how cool would it be to have a theme song that you can use to remind yourself of who you are?
1: So instead of playing M&M's, Knees are weak, palms are sweaty... You know, Mom Spaghetti, he's gonna have your song. Exactly
0: <laughs> that. You have your own version. Not everybody has their own Star Wars Taekwondo rap <laughs> song. That so is I think Andrew's awesome. gonna be super thrilled about this. Absolutely. Yeah.
6: Thank you so much.
0: No worry. So I was happy to hear that he lights up when I do these rhymes, and it inspired me to do one for him personally. So you can put this uh, wherever you guys need to keep it for a keepsake whenever he is about to have a competition, and it goes a little something like this. In a small town, young and bold A story to be told about a nine-year-old with a heart of gold than a golden sight taekwondo is his game and he's ready to fight shout out to andrew now i've become a fan too and know that anything they hand you you can handle because all competition that they line up are the worst came in second last year and this year gunning for first that's because you're the best know that as a fact that's why your heart is gold but that belt is black his heart pounds fast his spirits fierce and strong ready for competition to show him where you belong when it's fight time come out quick on your feet Give them that jumping sidekick Until they meet defeat With each striking kick Go fight with all your might Through all the sweat and tears This is how you reach a different height No need to be nervous As long as you in your zone Cause everyone will see Your skills have truly grown His opponents try hard But he's never afraid Bro, you got this in your heart Know that you already made With that medal on your chest And that smile on your face You've proven with your strength Nobody else is safe When that final bell sounds And the verdict's finally clear Listen to them cheer Cause the chance. Is here, Andrew? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Oh, nice. You like, oh, like the rap, Miyagi?
2: <laughs> Diana, you think that he's gonna like so that?
6: Great. Oh, he's gonna love it. He is going to love it. We're gonna have to play it and repeat all day. I'm
2: sure. I can hear oh, you lighten up. That's Diana, great.
6: please do us a favor.
1: Like, if you can, if you have the like a, another phone, film his reaction hearing it for the
2: first time.
0: Oh, I would love that.
6: Yes, I, I, I was thinking of that. I'm going to try to do that. Yeah, sure. yeah, 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 For sure.
2: Have a great day. And we can't see, wait to see this video. And you must be bursting with pride. Congratulations. Congratulations.
6: Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Love you
2: guys. If you guys want a rat from Mo, all you got to do is hit us up at TheBertShow.com. The Birch Show.
0: Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's The Birch Show's entertainment buzz.
5: Unlike Britney Spears and Jada Pinkett Smith, Barbara Streisand didn't want to spill the deets on her exes in her upcoming memoir that, by the way, comes out tomorrow. So it's called My Name is Barbara, and she's going to be talking about her 60-year-long career, talking about being a singer, an actress, and a director. And she's also dishing about all of her past loves and regrets. And so she did an interview with Gail King, and they talked about her star-studded past. And Barbara wasn't really excited to spill the tea. I just love seeing a woman get celebrated for her dating past because I've grown up in the era of Taylor Swift being like slut shamed for dating lots of men. So I love that that she's getting her flowers for having so many wonderful exes in her past.
2: This book is nine hundred and fifty pages long. No, it is not. Nine hundred and fifty pages long.
1: I mean, it is a 60 year career, though.
2: What's the (laughs) longest book you've ever read in your life? (sighs)
1: Uh <sighs>
2: Not that. I don't think I ever got past 250. Yeah, (laughs)
1: That's
2: that's my limit. This makes a lot of sense to me, though, because I think I told you guys when I was living in Washington, D.C., I had a lot of contacts in the hotel industry. And um, Barbara Streisand was doing like three nights in Washington, D.C., and she was staying at the Four Seasons. But she has moving trucks that bring her own furniture into the Four Seasons and set up in her suite. And the Four Seasons takes their furniture out. Barbara's goes in and she lays on what she's comfortable with for three days. Oh, that's
0: different. Yep. Wow.
5: I want to say that makes her sound super um, diva-ish, but there were a couple of uh, moments in this interview where she also talked about how she doesn't see herself as a celebrity, which after hearing that, I'm like, "Mm, okay, nice front,
4: Barbara. (laughs) Nice front, Barbara.
5: She did get one very specific and very special um, favor from Apple, actually. So in a different interview with BBC, she was talking about her memoir, but she got off topic and started talking about how Siri didn't pronounce her name correctly. And she said she had to fix that immediately. Yeah. You can do that when you're Barbra Streisand. Wow. Okay, a stretch of street in Oakland, California. It was renamed in honor of Tupac Shakur. So it's a section of MacArthur Boulevard near where he lived in the 90s. And it's now called Tupac Shakur Way. They had a whole ceremony. His family was there and also Oakland native MC Hammer. His sister gave a speech and she said, let his spirit live on the rest of these years in these streets and in your hearts. Of course, it was very tearful. Mm-hmm. and very, very sentimental. Uh, MC Hammer was also there and, um, you know, gave a speech as well. So, yeah, that that's now going to be his permanent memory out in California.
0: That's fire. I mean, anytime you do anything in life and then 20 plus years after you have transitioned, people are still talking about you as much as they talk about Tupac and building monuments. And, I mean, you really can see the impact that he's left. That That's all of It's always amazing to hear people still honor Tupac to me.
1: I'm, I'm curious, though, why it took 20 years for him to get, like, to get that honor?
0: That's a good question. I don't know. Um, Maybe because his message, a lot of people didn't understand Tupac's message. I think that's the best way to say it. I don't think people truly realized there was a lot more positivity to Tupac's walk than I think most noticed. So Mm -hmm. it probably isn't always the easiest thing to get people to celebrate him in, in different places. What was his message? To to bring people together, to mm. truly, truly, truly bring all of the black community together in order to empower us and so that we will have something in the future. But because of a lot of the things that surrounded him and the way that hip-hop was back then, I think that kind of got lost at times.
5: Gotcha. Okay, well, there's a list of the top DILFs. This is quite a turn here. Top DILFs <laughs> just came out. Give me a quick guess who you think is at the top of the 2023 hottest DILFs in Hollywood. Ryan Reynolds. He's not even on the list. Wow. Really? Yeah. Pitt. Brad Pitt's not on the list. George Clooney. George Clooney's not on the list. The top DILF of 2023 with 10,000 votes out of a survey of 30,000 people. Pedro Pascal.
2: Oh. Oh. He
5: is a zaddy right now. It makes a lot of sense. There
2: should be a different list if you have an accent.
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: not fair. It's an unfair
0: advantage. Uh-huh. It
5: really is. <laughs> Save a leg up. Okay, just when you thought the Barbenheimer phenomenon was over, it's not. It's coming up next on your next eBuzz.
0: The Burt Show. Uh,
2: I know a lot of you guys are invested because Rebecca talked about it so beautifully last week. Um, Our Burt Show member, Rebecca, family member, um, told you guys that she has tongue cancer. And the update on that, because a lot of you guys have been hitting us up going, how's Rebecca doing? How's Rebecca doing? Um, She's in surgery right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's going to be there for a while. Um, did she say it was going to be like 10 hours? 10 hours. Mm-hmm. A 10-hour surgery. Uh, and then she's going to be recovering for like 7 to 10 days in the hospital. And then she's taking a couple of months off also. But she's uh, she's got our prayers and got our, our thoughts this morning.
1: And she's being such a trooper about it. Um, I, I really think like her mindset is everything right now. And she's coming at this... Like, obviously, she's worried, but she has such um, a positive mindset about it. And she's just surrounded, you know, her family's being awesome. Her friends are being awesome. So, I mean, she's going in this ready to fight. Super proud of her.
2: Uh, and she's keeping her sense of humor about it. What did she tweet this morning, Kat?
4: Um So, keep in mind, this is tongue surgery. And she said something like, do you think the surgeon will like it better if I shave my legs? <laughs> <laughs>
2: i be happy if I shave my legs. <laughs> I right, said, so we're thinking about you, girl. We That's are. for sure. All right, let's get Alyssa on here because she really feels like her mom, I mean, over Overstep some boundaries in a big way. Hey, Alyssa. Hey. Good morning. Okay, so Kristen and I weren't here on Friday, so can you kind of give us a recap on exactly what your mom did and how she overstepped some boundaries maybe?
7: Yeah, so I've been dating a guy for two weeks. Uh, it's only been a couple weeks, and I really like him, and in the past, I've gone really fast with the guys that I'm dating, and so I'm really trying to take this one slow, and we bumped into my mom Coincidentally, when we were out to dinner and um, she 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 stalked him on social media and invited him to Thanksgiving and also invited um, his parents and his sister. What? um, Uh And they all accepted.
2: All right. I'm having a really tough time focusing today. You guys have been going out how long? Just a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks.
1: And you, yeah. she just happens to run into you while you're out on a, on a date, like the universe does. And yeah. she finds him, and she slid into his DMs and invited him to she Thanksgiving? She really did.
0: Yes. hmm <laughs> wow. Is she that
1: desperate for you to find a man? She is. Okay.
0: We, we yeah. discovered that that's the case.
1: Yeah, yeah, obviously. Uh-huh. It sure
2: sounds like it, yeah. Uh, Abby, if this was your case right here, would you uninvite a boyfriend?
5: I told her on Friday, I was like, there's no way you can un- uninvite them. And no. I don't think you should because I think it's a good sign because not only did the mom invite the boyfriend, then the mom slid into his parents' DMs wow. and then invited them. And I'm like, you know, and they said yes. So I think that's a good sign because I don't think they would have agreed to it if they were like, yeah, yeah. we don't want to spend anything with, with this random girl. Um, it was a, It's <laughs> a bold
1: move. And I don't think they're doing it to placate your mom. I feel at that age, like if they didn't want to go and they had their own plans, they would be like, yo, crazy lady. No, we're not. (laughs) We've never met you. We're not coming to your house. So I don't feel like they feel forced to have to attend. Um, So I'm with Abby that this is, you know, they, I don't know what that says about them that they that they want to attend Thanksgiving at your mom's house and having never met her, but maybe this will be a funny story years from now after you've been married that you can laugh about.
2: Yeah, uh, I guess the missing piece here for me is why uh, aren't they spending Thanksgiving with their own family?
7: Okay, so I ended up talking to him as per your guy's suggestion. Um, and I so I talked to him and I asked how he felt about the invitations and I told him, you know, that I wasn't, I had no idea that my mom was going to do that, and I wasn't really ready for her families to meet. Um, and he said that he totally understood wanting to take it slow, and he apologized for accepting the invitation. And he also said that his him, like his family they're used to big family gatherings on Thanksgiving, but his grandparents passed a few years ago, a Mm. couple years ago, and his big family hasn't been doing family gatherings for the holidays because of
0: that. I see. Okay. You you put the ball in his court at that point. Did he say that he would talk to his family about maybe backing out, or did he double down on him and his family coming?
7: So he said that he and his parents accepted because they were just um, really excited about a holiday with
1: more than just the four of them. Mm. All right, then. Mm -hmm. Well, I feel like this is... This, this is kind of meant to be.
2: I, I do think that there's, a, again, a, another conversation with him going, Hey, I just want to let you know my mom was behind this. Yeah. I was not. We don't have our foot on the accelerator in this relationship. This is just. Oh, a- yeah,
1: we talked about yeah. all of that. On a scale of one we to 10, about Alyssa. All of that. On a scale of one to 10, how into this guy are you? Uh, 10. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. All right. Oh, all, all right. right. If it was a two, then I'd be
2: like... (laughs) Not wasting any stuffing on that, dude. (laughs) Okay, so it's working out fine. That's good. That's really great.
7: Yeah. So I just yeah we're gonna we're gonna do Thanksgiving. Um, I talked to him about it and he's like, okay, we're we're definitely gonna take it slow despite the family's meeting. And again, he apologized. Yeah. Um, good luck switching back down here. Page.
0: Yeah, you guys are all good. I, I would probably take your mom's phone from her around Christmas.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. Disable Instagram at the least. Yes. All
0: right. Listen. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. Bye bye.
2: The first Show. So, Abby attended a wedding over the weekend, and you got a theory now.
5: Yeah, so people always told me that weddings would be a great place to meet a guy, but I have a theory that it might actually be the worst place. So, over the weekend, I went to a wedding in my hometown of Jacksonville. I was so excited for it. The girl that's getting married is my G-little from my sorority. So, in Greek speak, that's basically a girl that's two years younger than me, and she was in my quote-unquote sorority family. So, this girl's sort of like a little sister to me. And so, I literally went straight right from the office right to the wedding venue cuz it was like right at 5 and so I had to leave like literally the second the show was over. So I skedaddled there. I'm like about to walk down the aisle with the bride. That's how late I was coming in. And I'm not going to lie, I wasn't feeling myself too much. Uh, I had to literally get ready in like a beachside bathroom. There was no mirror. I was a little greasy, a little sweaty from the show. There was a, a person experiencing homelessness in the bathroom next to me. It was just um, a little bit of a sketchy vibes. and I'm I'm not sure if I carried any of that odor with me into the, into the venue. But anyway, I walk in and I immediately felt like I was transported back to college mainly because 90% of the people attending were like people in UF Greek life that I had known. But also this venue that she had gotten married at gorgeous venue, by the way. But we had had so many Greek life date functions at this specific venue. So I walk in and I'm immediately, immediately like, yeah, I had my first blackout makeout in that corner. Uh, I remember being on the bus with that girl. Like it was very much like getting flashback back in time. So I sit down. I'm at the, I'm at the wedding and. I'm in the back row, which, in my opinion, is the best place if you can't be in the front row. Because if you're in the front row, of course, you get to see them give their vows. You're seeing the emotions on their face. But in the back row, you get to be the first person to see everyone walk down the aisle. And so, of course, I'm sitting next to my other single friend, my little, who is... G little's big. It's a whole family thing, uh-huh. and we're scoping out all the groomsmen that are walking down the aisle. And so one by one, they're going down, and we're like mm, seven. Oh, he's got a ring. Doesn't matter. Okay, <laughs> eight. Uh, oh, he doesn't have a ring. Okay. Oh no, he came here with a girl. And we're just going down, trying to see who we want to try and dance with on the dance floor when the reception starts. We're we looking, are
2: not pieces of meat, Abby.
5: Listen, I'm if they, I'm going to get objectified, I'm going to equally objectify <laughs> men back. So as they're walking down so the, the aisle.
2: A man. <laughs> man, it's you, are, you
5: you are meat inside a suit. So just it. The suits are basically like lingerie for men. Like, you might as well be walking down the aisle in a bustier, right? In a thong. And a thong. So we're making our roster in the back. We're trying to get a vibe as to who ava- who is available and who's not. So the ceremony ends. The reception starts. We're about two and a half glasses of Sauv Blanc deep at this point, point. and we're scoping out. And I kind of noticed. I'm like, damn. Every attractive man here is with a woman. And I'm looking around, I'm like, there's a lot of single girls. And I was once again transported back to my college days because I went to two formals at this venue. So now it's two formals and a wedding. And my first formal I went to was my sorority formal. And it was very normal for girls to go without a date. You typically would ask a guy, but sometimes girls would bring a girl as a date or they would go alone. And then the second formal that I went to at that venue I went with a fraternity and I remember thinking that there were no single guys there. They were just guys who would bring a girl as a friend or a girl as a date. And I was looking around the wedding. I'm like, this is this is just like a, a date function. This is like an adult date function because there were no men there without dates but there were tons of single girls there. And I'm like, why? Are there, why is it not an equal ratio? Because it's not like it's just a girl's event. Like Mm -hmm. I know the guy that she's getting married to, but I'm here for the girl. So there should be an equal proportion, right? And then I started thinking, I'm like, okay, yes, there's a lot of single girls, but I have noticed something about guys. And once one gets booed up, the rest of them get booed up. So here's one getting married. Mm -hmm. It's only natural that all of his friends are also going to be wifed up or refusing to come without a date. Mm. And so now I've realized this idea, this rom-com idea in my head of going and finding a man at a wedding is never going to happen.
2: So the only flaw in your theory that I see so far is that there's not the same, I don't think that guys feel the same pressure to go to a wedding with a date as women do.
5: But mm. no, there were, th- th- that's, her theory is complete opposite. My theory is the flip is yeah. the opposite of that because I was with so many single girls there who didn't show up with anybody. And every mm. guy that I saw, except for like one goober, um, <laughs> <laughs> every guy there had a date. Mm. And so my theory is oh, okay. that because when one guy gets married, everyone else starts pairing off. And so, of course, all of his friends that are there are also going to have dates.
0: That yeah. makes sense, though, because I feel like as a guy... You're, you're only going to, if you're really close to the guy who's getting married. Mm-hmm. If you're not, the only other reason you're there is usually because a woman who you like or love drags you along. <laughs> right. So that's probably why that makes sense.
5: Yeah. So I, it's needless to say, I did not find love at my friend's <laughs> wedding, but I did find a lot of white wine, which is
0: great. <laughs> <laughs> it's The Burt Show. The
2: Burt Show. So I am almost embarrassed to admit it. I was so embarrassed when it happened, actually. That I had to have my business manager call my real estate agent because I was too embarrassed to say, uh, this is going to be my third house in three years. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Learning about
1: these capital gains tax oh, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That hurts. You don't want to sell a house <laughs> under a
2: year. So I'm laughing through it, but it, it, it's been kind of sad. So um, if you weren't listening a couple of weeks ago uh, or last week, my fiance and I, our engagement is over and we've broken up. So the reason why I was living in Johns Creek right now was we had initially moved to Swanee because what I thought was going to be my future stepdaughter goes to school in Buford. And I was right down the street here in Sandy Springs, and I didn't think that was fair. So I moved us up to Swanee so it would be a little bit closer for her. It'd be halfway for both of us, right? And then after about eight months of doing that, I'm like, yeah, no, no, that's not going to work. Uh, so we moved down to John's Creek, which was a little bit easier for me. Uh, and now since we've had this change... I'm moving back into Sandy Springs, where I originally was, which is working out really well for Hollis. My son is so excited. I mean, mm-hmm. he's got all of his friends down in Sandy Springs. Uh, I've got work, I'm have got. i going to be four minutes from work again. My friends are here in Sandy Springs also. So that's the plus of the whole thing.
1: I'm really excited for Hollis to be close to his, like, have you and his mom in such close proximity and close to his school.
2: He's literally one mile from yeah. his mom. So when he does forget something, because he is 16, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. he, he could even walk to her house if he he really needed to. So that's the positive part of the whole thing. Um, The emotional part is, you know, seeing the boxes in the house again and just the memories that are associated with one house after the other, after the other. And now I'm walking around my house with these empty boxes and I've taken some of the stuff off the walls and it's been tough, man. I mean, a third house in three years, that's a lot.
1: Well, I mean, and anybody knows if if you've moved, like moving there's like there's certain things that you don't want to do a lot in life and moving <laughs> is one of them right um cuz it's 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 expensive it's it's laborious and it's time consuming. So for you to have to do this again, I can understand like the the toll it takes on like you mentally.
2: Yeah, for me, it's mentally and emotionally because to be 100 uh, percent transparent, I have a lot of people helping me with the actual move. You know, I'm packing stuff up and doing all that. But it's the emotion of like walking through the house and seeing everything packed back up after you've just spent, well, in my case, not very long, but a lot <laughs> of memories uh, in that house. It, it's, it's been tough. It's been tough. But I am excited to be right down the street again.
1: And I think too, probably, and you know, call me out if I'm wrong, but it's like, um, it was the closure, closure of the relationship. So moving out of the house, I think further solidifies that.
0: Yeah. I, re- I remember yeah. my dude saying when he was in a similar situation that the the silence in the house was the loudest noise he'd ever heard mm-hmm. from when he had to adjust to, like, constantly having so many people running through the house to it was just him. And I I remember that, like, chills chills to me to hear that.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm to a point now because I've already bought a house. And by the time I told you guys we had broken up, we, we had broken up weeks and weeks ago. So we've had a chance to sort of start our new lives and I'm moving into my new house over the weekend. (laughs) So on Monday I'll be there. So now I'm starting to do the countdown when I'm coming into work. I'm like, all right, I'll only be making this drive three more times, (laughs) which is exciting. But also like, damn, I'm only gonna be making this drive three more times. And that, like you said, Mo, the, the very last time that you close the door on a former house it's emotional. It really is. There's a lot of memories in that place, you know, so I'm not looking forward to that on Thursday. I get that. <laughs> All right, Mo, so you you saw your family this weekend and you
0: needed it. I did, I, and and I don't think I realized how much I, I needed it. Um, I think I've come on, and for the last few weeks, I've kind of documented how I've just been in this weird space in life. Um, I don't think it's like a depression or anything of that nature, but it just, it almost feels like something is missing, and I feel like every, you kind of, adjust and relearn yourself as you go through life sometime. You know, you're not the same person going into your 20s as you are into your 30s and so on and so forth. So there's been like a part of me who kind of just feels like I've just been at different phases of life and adjusting and trying to figure it all out as I go, like we all are. And I've always had this feeling of something just not being right. And it's kind of odd that as much as I love my family and as much as I've spent so much time growing up with my family... I never considered that maybe a part of what has been missing is the connection that I've always had with my family that is no longer there. And it's not not there for any bad reasons. It just is a part of life of watching my sisters grow up and then, you know, starting to have their own lives. And my parents' situation is a lot different now, where my dad has a new job. I mean, he's working 80% of the time. And my mom, she went into retirement for a couple years, and I didn't realize... How our relationship grown in that space? Because I was talking to her like almost every other day, if not every day. Of which I've always spoke to my mom a lot, but we never had that kind of time to really hang out. And I think you—that's um, another thing with your with your family—is you develop different relationships as you get older. Your relationship with your parents are not exactly the same as they were, so you're you're adjusting. And when my mom went back to work, which I was extremely happy for her, I didn't realize that. Now, if I talk to my mom once a week, it's I'm I'm lucky to do that, whereas it, it was once a day before. And so I think that might be a huge part of the emptiness. And it hit me when my lady brought up, um, how did I did I ever consider how it made my mom feel when I left the state at 17 and I've never lived in the same state with my mom mm. since? And I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. I, it was just kind of like, that's just what you do. You know, I went off and I never came back. But. Me and my mom started talking about it, and she's like, Yeah, broke my heart. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you never
2: considered that. It's funny, like, you raise your kids to be super independent, and then they become independent, and you're like, Dang. I know. They're independent. (laughs) I mean, it starts early, too. Kristen can tell you, and Cassie can tell you, like, when they walk into, like, preschool for the first time and they don't mm-hmm. want to hold your hand, right? And you have moments like that as a parent all the time where you're really proud of them, but it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. Uh,
1: yes, it does. <laughs> I already picture him. I'm like, he's, go, he's got to go to college somewhere nearby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I and I still remember that moment. We started to talk about that moment. It was like a movie when I'll never forget. That was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done when I did go off to school and the car was pulling off and I remember my mom jumping out the car. It was so dramatic and she's <laughs> running to me and we're both crying, <laughs> (laughs) But it was it was definitely probably one of the hardest moments for both of us. And I've lived in a different state than my mom ever since. Mm. And I don't think I ever truly dealt with that. And like how that affected me, my relationship with her and her. And because I barely talk to them now, I mean, I haven't spoken to my sisters in months. And again, it's not bad. My sister got two jobs. They got lives now. One is like focusing on moving to a different state. So I just realized like there was a point in my life when I would talk to everybody in my family at least once a week. And there would be a time when the five of us were all together at least once every couple of months. And that is now I'm lucky if that happens once or twice in a year. And so I think I realized it more than I than ever when my family came in town because they were only here for a few hours um they were catching the layover which is great cuz as much as you love your family if you listen i don't have the biggest place
4: <laughs> uh,
0: but um we got to hang out for just a few hours and really catch up and we just it was just non-stop conversation because there was so much to catch up on that in that moment it hit me like this this has to stop like i know we all have our own lives and we're all busy but the older i get i think that time is even more important to me that quality time because we're all getting older, and you don't, you know, tomorrow's not promised. And so I realized that I have to find a way to make it a point to see my family more than I have been because I think that's a part of what's been missing in my life. So what's going on in your head? How are you going to change it? Still working on that
2: part. <laughs> 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 At least we've identified the problem. Yes, there okay. you go. Step one. It's the Burt Show. The Burt Show.